Welcome to Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. We're the podcast where we talk about gay stuff and discuss LGBTQ plus history. This week we are talking about uh, two um, famous people, Michelle Visage and Jamila Jamil. I don't know. Is Jamila Jamil famous? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is she as famous as the Baked Bones guys? No, absolutely not. Okay, because if you have dogs, puppies, fur babies, um, they know all about those Baked Bones guys because those guys give your pup delicious yummy treats yeah that's right baked bones shows love with their dog treats these aren't just any dog treats these are specially baked bones they have cbd which is great because cbd has been shown to help reduce stress and anxiety in both humans and dogs so thankfully baked bones has your dog covered uh with these delicious treats that your dog will surely love made from organic human grade ingredients and full spectrum hemp oil their bones may offer some relief to your anxious pup you can check out bakedbones.com for more information on cbd for dogs and the other benefits it may provide. Baked Bones, they offer free shipping on all orders on all orders over $25 and you can save 15% using the promo code GAYSTUFF15. Yeah. Baked Bones is LGBTQ plus owned and operated and is based in Houston, Texas. Baked Bones is now available in the store Man Ready Mercantile, which is based in Houston and Austin, Texas. Baked Bones proudly donates 10% of all of its profits to no-kill shelters in the U.S. Baked Bones, baked dogs, happy! Love! Woohoo! Yep. Woo! Woo! Woo. Woo. Y'all got it? We're good? I think you turned yourself down. I I think I was too loud. Oh. Queen Mother Madonna, I love you. There we go. There we go. See? <laughs> that looks about even for everyone. There we go. We're good. Hey, how's it going? What's going on? I don't know. COVID don't know. Chris, at me? COVID Chris, you feeling okay? Yeah, yeah I'm feeling much better. CC. Oh, I can call you I literally CC. like... Yeah, you know. Oh, I thought it was KK. Oh. COVID Chris, you, supposed to, you don't spell your name with the K? Not usually. Oh, like Kardashian. Okay. But get funky with it, you know? Oh. Oh. <laughs> K, Chris, if you're nasty. <laughs> Um, no, it wasn't too bad. So, uh, I mean, I started feeling ill uh, last week. It was just felt like a little head cold. So I was like, all right, um, I don't know what's going on. So I was like, you know what? Before I start doing anything, I should probably test myself. And immediately the test was like, yeah, you uh, you got COVID. So I have no idea where I got it. The groups that I was with uh, beforehand, no one else got it. So yeah, it was just me. with you. Mm-hmm. We're about in your orbit. And yeah. the, the time frame you would have caught it. But yeah. no, I didn't test. Yeah, no one symptoms. else, like anyone else that even went out places afterwards with me no no one else just me and you so. got monkeypox too so go figure it no i'm kidding no just, just kidding is just that kidding. what that is is that what that bump is that's just uh <laughs> bad skin these are awful <laughs> awful awful people <laughs> don't come here to get your uh your uh, spirits lift. Oh, no, absolutely. Red for filth. Red for filth, mama. <laughs> um, so you reco- that was your first time having it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somehow I made it two and a half years through this uh, this crazy pandemic and never had it. And then all of a sudden I was like, well, now I got it. Like- but I've I had two vaccinations and a booster. And so luckily my symptoms were very mild. And uh, I tested negative as of Monday this week. Okay. So I had it for, what, five days? And then I was like, well, bounce back. Uh Working out is a little tough just because you're still getting that respiratory capacity back up into it, but um, worked out three times this week, so somehow made it through those workouts and didn't right. die. That's good. So yeah, bounced back pretty quickly. Here two I am. Two vaccinations and a boost Ooh. shot. Mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to tell a joke, like two vaccinations and a booster walking down. 
Why are you whispering? <laughs> well, because it because it fell flat. <laughs> well, sorry, I'm gonna get closer. I don't okay. even know what you're talking Pull about. Pull up to the mic. Pull up to the <laughs> mic, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is going on? Anything? What you got going on? What? What what you what you been thinking about? Right. Did you get COVID? Going on. I got COVID over the summer. Oh yeah. Oh. I, know. Oh. Right. I only had it for like I only <laughs> I only had it for a few hours. Then I was like just stuck. That's not just how that a works. Few hours. <laughs> no, but me, I had a bad. I had the twenty four hour version. I had, I had like eight hours where I felt bad, and then I was like, now nah, I'm just at home. Mine was like three days. I don't know. Mine was just a few hours. And it wasn't even like I felt bad. It was like just a cold. I was up doing everything. Mm-hmm. Mama, that's depression. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's is that what the test was for? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no, there's nothing good going on here. School started. Well, Yay, school started. That's exciting. Last time. Oh. I saw Gaga in concert. Oh, did you? I'm so jealous. How was Lady that? Gaga. The Lady Gaga. Chromatica Ball. Lady Chromatica Ball. I uh, went with Ugh. my husband, who's never, who he's he doesn't he's not a big concert person. So I made him made sure that he would go. He was like, no, 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 I'll just take care of the girls. I'm like, you're oh, you're gonna go. Good. And so my sister went, and um, my sister's brother-in-law and his girlfriend went, and then. Uh, uh, I can't call him friend of the show, but you know our old our old pal Kendall was there. Oh yeah, yeah. there and, was a ton and, of and people. Well, of course there was yeah, so no, well we all like we all Shut went, um, but it was cool. So we had a good time. Um, Gaga was great as always. Um, I was a little kind of thrown off at the beginning, partly because we had multiple people there. Like we all went differently, mm-hmm. so it's like in my mind I was like, okay, where is everybody? Let's make sure everyone gets seated. Everyone got seated. Plus Spence and I kind of got. I, I overshot our seats so that we had to come back in the crowd, and that was causing him some anxiety. Mm. But you know, nothing the little booze can't fix. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, yeah, so so that was throwing me off. And then she started with a banger, "Bad Romance," right? Which is you know, well, that's classic. A way to start. Yeah, but she was like in this outfit where she didn't move. Like part of the "Bad Romance," in addition just to the, the awesome yeah. beats, is just the, the choreography, dancing, right? Yeah. And so her dancers were doing it, but she was on a se- separate level. So. For me, it was the anticipation. I'm like, all right, what's the big reveal? And the big reveal didn't happen to like three, you know, until she finally took that outfit off of that egg she was in or whatever. It wasn't until like the third song. So I was just kind of like, I was, I was already on nerves. Like, is everyone going to find their seat? And then I was like, when's she going to jump from this thing? And then, yeah. Is she going to jump from there? Well, that was the other thing too. <laughs> like she was on the second story of the uh, little stage. So I was like, well, maybe she's going to jump. I'm like, oh my God, she's going to be okay. <laughs> like the anxiety I felt when she was at the Super Bowl. Um, you remember she yeah, jumped yeah. off the oh, I that. So I was nervous. And so it was hard Here to enjoy. Mm-hmm. But then she just rocked it out. All good, all the chromaticas, threw in some um, Born This Way hits, um, got on the piano and did her thing there, uh, you know, sang the uh, Shallow. And one of my favorite songs, Always Remember Us This Way, from that same movie, A Star is Born. And she did, you know, some other, she didn't really do art pop or Joanne. She sang one. I heard that there was no art pop. I'm like, oh! Yeah. And, um, but it was good. It was good. I liked it. It was fun. Spence That's had a good. good time. So I think my sister had a good time too. And Kendall and Ben said they had great. Ben had been. He's he's a he's a Gaga uh, aficionado. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was Kendall's first time, and it was a, a bit of like back and forth with Kendall because he was like, I am only gonna go if my best friend goes. Um, and uh, then she was gonna go, and then she decided not to go. And he, in the end, he got permission, and he and Ben joined us, and it was fun. Yeah, he well, says hi. By the way, yes, I love that. Hi to <laughs> listeners. Hello, hi. he's still he around. He misses you all. 
Um, I have always heard that Gaga does a really good show. Mm-hmm. Um, I went and saw her for her Joanne tour, and um, I never really listened to Joanne, so I didn't know <laughs> many of the songs uh, besides the ones that were, you know, the the singles. Um, but then I really liked it because she did play so many of her mm-hmm. like old hits that mm-hmm. I mean everyone knows, and so it was a really good show. And she always puts on a good show, so even if it was a song I didn't know, she was out there dancing and going yeah. fucking crazy. I saw Joanne twice. Oh great. yeah, that's cool. I saw what Joanne and what was the other one? Was Monster Ball. Monster yeah, Ball. it must have been Monster Ball. The first one. No, you saw our pop. Born this way? No, it wasn't our. It was Born this way. Oh okay. BTW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was in Dallas. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Dallas. Oh. Wait, you didn't like it? <laughs> I don't like Dallas. Not you don't like the concert. Gaga concert? No, I loved it. I just don't like Dallas. My <laughs> Spence for the longest time thought Alice was Dallas. So it's like, my name isn't Dallas. But it's like, no, it's Alice, babe. And it's in, it's in the song title. <laughs> yeah. It's in the song title, babe. I didn't understand it. And I'm like, wait, why is I don't I know your name isn't Alice. Why does it matter? And then I realized, you know, yeah, she's gonna keep one, looking, like, yeah, for Wonderland. I never, never really liked that song anyway. So, you want to talk about Beyonce? Oh Harry my Styles? gosh, <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> you guys have a good conversation. <laughs> Someone asked, a listener asked. Uh, uh-huh. So apparently, Chris doesn't like Harry Styles. I I, it's not that I don't like his music. His music is catchy, and person. I don't like him as a person. Oh my! I think he annoys the, music, the shit out of the me. The music is tolerable. It's the yeah. person of. Harry Styles that he correct stand. So, in listener, you are correct. Speaking of old pals from the show, <laughs> Montana was in the news recently. Yes, our friend Tony from Montana, but not Tony. This is the news oh. isn't about Tony. It's from it's about uh, Montana. Um, there was some they were causing some ruckus. Yes, so uh, there was a uh, bill that was going through to prevent um, the. Or a lawsuit that was going through. I'm sorry. A yeah, lawsuit. Like, this was back in like 2000 or 2000, 2020, 2021. 2020, 2022, 2020, 2021. Yeah, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2020 or 2021 that yeah. uh, the federal government approved that um, non-binary uh, folks can take a look at um, changing their uh, identification on their passports mm-hmm. to uh, X as their gender. So not uh, you know following male or female um, binary there. Uh, well, Montana, apparently there's a lawsuit that was going through to try and, you know, I probably get in front of the Supreme Court um, that uh, they were trying to say that, no, no, you have to either be assigned male or female on your, your passport and try and prevent that. And a judge struck that down in Montana, so, uh, yes. or from Montana. Well, so, yes, yeah, some it's also with their birth certificates, right? So they, the, the I think the, the state, had passed uh, or was considering some legislation about not being able transgender people not being able to uh, update their um, their birth certificate with their gender w- mm-hmm. with which they identified unless they had surgery and then a judge stopped that um, so he's like you know this is silly um, and then the apparently the Montana state legislature is or officials are trying to skirt that block on that bill and saying okay we're going to come up with a different way Mm. to basically discriminate against transgender people so it's just um it's all very silly uh those those friends in montana yes but i'm like come on um it's like they're they're trying to find any little loophole or whatever to try and get around it and be like oh let me so they would defy the order Mm -hmm. those folks yeah 
I mean, that it just reminisces of, reminiscent of 2015 when mm. uh, Obergefell was passed in the Supreme Court, and there was that what were, what was her name Kim Davis in Kentucky that was a county clerk that refused yeah. to give out uh-huh. those marriage licenses, uh-huh. and she gained notoriety because she was you know being a Karen from the inside, like I'm not giving gays marriage certificates, blah blah blah, uh, and then she lost her job and. Uh, you know, lost a lawsuit and all that other fun stuff. That so. was her babble right, though. Mm-hmm. That was her battle right. Is that right? Is that how you say it? Babble? Shut up. <laughs> well, I mean, you mentioned a, a, a Burgerfell. Uh, so, you know, we talked about a few episodes back, like mm-hmm. this marriage equality um, legislation that's getting you know, passed. Well, it was passed in the House. with It was bipartisan uh, passage in the House. 47 Republicans joined Democrats voting in favor of marriage equality in the House of Representatives. So this bill, as you know, if we go back to our um, you know, civics classes in school, it has to pass both this, the House of uh, Representatives and the Senate. Uh, so the bill is, you know, the Senate's got to do something, come up with something comparable. So working on it, you got Susan Collins of Maine, a Republican, mm-hmm. and uh, working with Tammy Baldwin, a Democrat who's part of our community, uh, and uh, they are are working. They they're both confident. You know, uh, um, Tammy Baldwin says we're very confident this bill will pass. So they need a little bit more time. Susan Collins saying that um, you know they're working on some amendments that make it very clear that they won't legalize polygamous mar- uh, polygamous marriages because you know whatever that means, uh, or require churches to perform same-sex marriages, which I'm okay with. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to uh, get married in a church that didn't want me. Yeah, like, that's fine. Yeah, church, can, yeah. do that. So, um, yeah, so I, I think... Uh, so they seem confident, but uh, you still need 10 Republican senators out mm. of, uh, you know, out of 50. Uh, 50? 49? 50. However many they have. 50. Um, to, um, to, to vote, yes. And both the Texas state senators have said they will not vote in favor of same-sex marriage. I have a personal note from Senator Cornyn saying that. <laughs> uh, but Ted Cruz recently confirmed that he would not, like that, not that it was a surprise, no, but he said surprise he, no one. he would not vote against religious liberties. Um, so, because obviously same-sex marriage is an attack on religious liberties. Somehow, yeah. Apparently. Uh, but yeah, so... Make maybe, it make sense. But they, um, apparently, they, um, the Senate's like, yeah, we're all for it, it's gonna pass. Maybe... Um, but they also uh, are just going to wait till after the midterms are over. So, we'll yeah, see. but see, I don't like that because uh, I think that you should. Because uh, and the whole reason for why they want to wait until after the midterms is because they don't want to. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Burn. Put push push away their their voters and whatnot. Um, like I mean, I and there's plenty of people who might be moderate and you know, and, and in swing states that like, oh well, that's kind of a you know big deal. And so instead of trying to force them, which they should be doing, to be like, hey, this is what they voted for right now, swing that. Especially if they are up for re-election, get them out if they're not going to be voting for this shit. Mm-hmm. Like that should be an absolute factor. And right now, while we're you know having a tiny a bit of majority, do it, make them vote. Do Make that thing. switch. <laughs> I don't know. That's my that's my take. Play dirty. Let's do it. They always do it. <gasps> dirty. Dirty. You ain't here to party. I'm just saying. Ladies, gentlemen. Uh, What's sorry. happening? <laughs> dirty? Christina Aguilera? That's the oddest oh. thing, Christina Aguilera. Um, yeah, so, you know, marriage equality. Maybe we'll keep it. I mean, here's the thing, right? Even if we do pass it, which I hope we do, because that'll 
be a deterrent uh, from some um, very conservative people to say, we don't want you to get married. I mean, it's still just a law that can be overturned exactly. by, the, by the Supreme Court. I mean, the, the Defense of Marriage Act, which this Marriage Equality Act that's in the Senate that they're proposing would basically repeal um, that law entirely. Um, I mean, Defense of Marriage Act was overturned because of the Windsor case. Um so, you know, they can, I mean, it's always, it's always, but it's good to have that law. It would be great to have bipartisan support because mm. then you're less likely to try to challenge it or overturn mm. it. But no one, it never prevents some radical taking it through the Supreme Court, just like you see in Montana, and then some willful uh, politicians taking mm. advantage of that and saying, yeah, we're going to take this all the way to the Supreme Court. And right now the Supreme Court is not not in favor of, well, they said it's settled law, but mm. we know what that means, right? <coughs> so was Roe v. Wade, but that uh, is apparently not settled law anymore. But anyways, how's that training going? What? You're training for, You're a marathon? Training for a marathon? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm currently training for a marathon. I mean, a COVID did, of course, put a little hitch in that program. Uh, but I'm it's going very, very well. And uh, I recently signed up for the uh, Tokyo Marathon Lottery, oh. um, which Internet, is part so. of the... Um, the Abbott World Marathon, there's six world marathons, and so we've got uh, Tokyo Marathon, we've got the Chicago Marathon, which I have already run, oh, we've got the New York Marathon, okay. uh, then we've got the Boston Marathon, mm. the London Marathon, the Berlin Marathon. Um, oh. And why am I just randomly bringing this up in the middle of all that? Because both the Boston You've and- You've run <laughs> so many marathons. I'm training oh, for my six I'm training for my six marathon, y'all. Um, not just to talk about me, which you know I love to do, but the Boston Marathon and the London Marathon recently have allowed their um, participants to register as non-binary now. So work. Honestly, work. Slay. That's a big slay. Oh my gosh, we were, we were at the Gaga concert and Spence the whole time was like, yes, Gaga, and doing it in a way that's very like... Airy. Homosexual. <laughs> and we're at a Gaga concert with a bunch of homosexuals. Homosexuals. So the fact that he was saying it in such a way that people would turn around and look at him and like, you... <laughs> <laughs> Such a, the, I mean, ooh, he yeah. was doing it in jest, but it was it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> how funny! But yes, yeah, so, so they are allowing um, entrance, um, entrance, 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 mm-hmm. entrance to. Uh, Register as non-binary, which I think is amazing because it just follows suit with. Um, so does that mean there could be three win- three winners then? Like, oh, I don't know. You I see don't think because then that would be three categories. Yeah, right? that would be three categories. You're absolutely right. I don't know. That's neat. That'll be more to look at, but I absolutely would assume so. Yeah, three different categories of winners. Sense. Yeah. Um, just a thought, right? Because some politicians might say, "Hey, you know, uh, test their testosterone." Well, it's that, but non-binary. Like, let's just throw everyone who wants to identify other than the sex that with which they were uh, born with. Let's throw them all in this third category. What do you think about that? Wait, say that uh, missed what you're. So I mean, he, he's a ca- like a catch-all category rather than saying non-binary, just have like or a, transgender. Yeah, oh yeah, a, a, like I have an other. 
Well, I mean, it is a kind of a valid question to ask because there are um, to qualify for the Boston Marathon, you do have to have a timestamp. And for like my age group, I think it goes up to like age 39 or something like that. The age group for the time cap for women, they have to aim for is three hours and 35 minutes to make it into the Boston hmm. to qualify for entry. And for men, it's three minutes and five seconds. So 30 right. minute difference there. And One so so I went. So then, how? So then, they would have had to qualify under a gender. And yeah, correct under a sex. Yes. So it does beg so the question. To look more because, like, then how? Then how do you have another category if there's not a criteria mm-hmm. for it? Yeah, exactly. Especially since it's, it's not if, if the qualifiers even, are quote unquote not, even playing field. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. The category you... is bad ass bitch. Slay. That's, that's, that's Beyonce. So. Um, <laughs> I'm the new Beyonce album. The, the, about the, Beyonce? Yes, I know. Ready to talk about Beyonce, right? Like, oh, <laughs> Did you just roll your eyes at the Beyonce? Yeah, that was, that was, that In was this house? For Harry. Um, <laughs> no, because now I'm thinking, I'm thinking, no, because I'm stuck on that. I'm thinking, like, so it's then, like, people, like, where they felt forced to choose a gender, now there is that what they're thinking? But then again, what do you call I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a very, very important question. I mean, That's, it's good. It's good step, but it's like mm-hmm. it's going to lead to a lot more questions and absolutely which, as it should. But. That's why. I asked. So then it begs the question: Is like, okay, are they going to ask the question, "What is your sex and what is your gender?" Because sex is, you know, the um, your chromosomal oh. assignment versus uh, what, what you express yourself. And maybe I, they have to do a dual. Maybe know. they have to qualify under one, and then they can still claim that as their. I, I don't know. Going. I don't know. I haven't looked too much into it, but I'll have to find out some more information. And I'll get back to you. You know what I'm saying? Tune in. Tune in next week. <laughs> Tune in next episode where we find out. <laughs> find out more about the Boston Marathon. And this two-parter. Uh, I mean, we do investigative journalism. We're hard-hitting. We're just bringing up headlines. <laughs> it's like we read the tweet and then that's it. We don't. We don't click on the link. Oh, no, I'm outraged. Okay, I didn't read the article here. <laughs> like when you go to retweet. Do you want to read this? No. no. I don't want to be mad. I'm mad. I'm <laughs> mad as hell. I'm going to tweet this. I don't uh, care. In other... Well, so, I, so on this podcast, we 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 know Kendall had the, um, the uh, slang bang. Uh, slang bang. And so uh, NB was a term that he brought forward yes. as the non-binary community mm-hmm. um is that something but then i recently saw something on twitter you know all, all oh, inter- always a great journalistic source. integrity mm-hmm. uh saying that people actually don't like nb so i what what is it i don't know i, I don't know i say that, that mocking term i don't so. hear it much so maybe it's NB? not a big thing i uh, i've never heard of uh, that NB? thing what do they oh, identify instead know. of I don't know. They want to be non-binary. No, I don't think it's like a, a non-binary. Instance. Well, I, n- I know what NB is, which also annoys me a little bit anyways, because NB is like, they're two letters, and then you lengthen it to E-N-B-Y, which I think is, like, why mm. would you make something that's already short that's longer? Phonetic, but that's how, you, that's how you sound. I know, but then why, would, why just write the letters Look, N and B. <laughs> it does, it, there is no explanation for There's something. no explanation. In our language, I'm a teacher. People spell kids' names... Yeah, yeah, I, I understand that's somebody's that. name, NB. Yeah, you know, no, I know. That's probably somebody's name. I'm sure. Speaking um, of though, of the community, yeah. <laughs> uh, Molly Kearney of uh, our League of Their Own remake on recently on yes. was it Netflix, Amazon, one of those. Uh, I think it's Amazon, right? 
Amazon or I think, Hulu? I think it's Amazon. I think it's Amazon. Okay. I feel it was Amazon. Uh, Molly, which I I recently like saw that name and I was like, I kind of like that name. Molly? Uh, yeah, maybe name a kid or that. Molly. Not that I'm having kids. I'm done. Two's good. <laughs> Two's uh, the limit. SNL. She's going to be a first non-binary. Oh, not she. They, they are going to be the first non-binary uh, person. Person? No, not. I was gonna say character, actor, uh, actor, actor, well, actor, actor, cast member. That's cast what they. Member, that's what they say. I'm like, there's go. a term that they use. SNL cast member, non-binary, Molly Kearney. Hmm, that's exciting. Yeah. I mean, as we talked, I think we talked about this last time that SNL had tweeted out like, who do you want to see as host? And that was when Jinx Monsoon and Bob the Drag Queen were trending. Like wild, and so I think it would really be really cool. I mean, to have a season of having se- season of first mm-hmm. uh, of having you know non-binary uh, cast member, having a drag queen cast member. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, look I at them. I think I think it's good. I mean, it's it's the, I like how they keep saying it's the first out because I mean that's very mm-hmm. exciting. Mm-hmm. I think that's, but I think it's. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I hope that it's going to. I mean, they're pretty. I don't know. They don't really shy from making fun of them. I mean, so I mean, it's not like I don't think it's going to change. They're pretty. What are you talking about? <laughs> We're talking about SNL. Oh, yes. Okay. About... Well, I was going to say, it's like they already are pretty, like, you know, they'll they'll do or any kind of skit. That's what I was saying for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Guys having a stroke. Skit. Like, they, they have, they'll they'll touch on any kind of topic. So I don't think it's going to, like, change it for the better. I think it's just yeah. more like a, what do you call it, like, representation. Well, yeah. the good thing is, like, now you can... Have, some have, have someone to represent that, yes, but also joke about it in a way that is comfortable to that person. Well, because they're right? saying, so it's okay to laugh because, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I think, I'm in on the joke. Here's the joke. Exactly. Here are the jokes that are acceptable. That And it, and SNL smart, not always, but often they, I've seen it with like Bo and Yang to some extent, although sometimes I'm like, hmm, that the this is our joke we're making mm. this joke this is a joke that's funny for our community and has you know potentially broader appeal but sometimes i the reason i hesitate a little because i'm like sometimes i do feel there's a bit of a caricature aspect to it that it's like you're playing the gay trope playing a super like stereotyped game yeah i feel you um but but at the same time i mean some of the the characters the songs they do they they i think he and kate mckinnon and Oh, I'm drawing a blank on the other woman's name. There's a lesbian, another lesbian cast member. Um, uh, they did like a pride anthem. One, oh, like, I remember this that. Past yeah, or season or two. Uh, so I, I, um, I mean, I like so you can. They make those jokes, and they're a good taste. Like if you're part of that community, you're like, yep, yeah, that makes that, sense. Yeah. yeah, that's that's us. So <laughs> yeah, maybe with the with uh, the NB. Uh, we'll uh, we'll see some more of that. Well, and I think that also with those certain things, and uh, like a lot of the actors and actresses as well, whenever they're um, on the show, of course, the show is making fun of them about like whatever that might be in the news at the time about mm-hmm. them. I mean, like Kim Kardashian, they definitely like went in whenever she hosted as mm-hmm. well, and so it's oh, I, everyone's I, been in exactly. Ah, oh. Just kidding. I'm not shaming anyone. <laughs> Have sex. Put it on a tape. Make money off of it. And let your the, let your it. mom videotape it and sell it <gasps> for money. Is that what happened? Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. I wouldn't put it back. Uh, it, I would either. Um, but uh, where was I going with? Oh, 
um, <laughs> they all are typically in on the jokes as well. So like, yeah. I feel like the agents, their agents, and the people that are on there, <laughs> they're they're taking. I was like, no, they're <laughs> agents. They're agents. Uh, they are like, you guys are awful. They're probably looking over the jokes, be like, hey, yeah, that's yeah. that's gonna be okay. You know, it's not like this is gonna out of because, bitch, if I was on the the you know on an improv skit and all of a sudden someone was just like out of left field with this terrible joke, I'm like, yeah. oh. You bitch, that's awful. Why would you say something like that? So of course these things are like, yeah. you know, they're going to be in good taste with the person that's there. So they're not going to try to outwardly insult them as much as possible. But I must say, I'm fascinated by the SNL cast members. Like mm. I'm like I, because uh, it's a hustle. Like I, I always I, initially the, the whole process of how they get on it. Like it, that, yeah. and then the work, work, the anxiety, the work that they do when they're on that show. Like you hear all these folks like. A, podcasts that i listen to often with snl cast members uh one because i think they're funny and they just have a different perspective but two like just hearing their story of how they got to where they did and then just that process the churning i mean most of them said they have fun craziest time of their life in a good way but some say yeah. that in a bad way so um it's just uh it's just exhausting it's a lot like, to to do because it's as it is it's a constantly an aspect like we you know on the surface we as consumers of the show just watch it or audience members whatever um we fans of the show we watch it and we laugh but just to know that that requires in a short amount of time pitching a skit rehearsing the skit uh-huh. getting everyone to like you know from set designers to costume makers to the mm, producers directors and yeah. and make and they pull that off in a 90 minute show that's live every single week every single week <clears throat> and it's just like it's fascinating well, just I, the creation process like i wish i could do i could be that creative yeah um, but it, i mean there's I'm even boring. some sometimes whenever like we have some sort of hit news that happens on that saturday morning yeah and they it's already still, have a skit yeah. that's ready to go all the costumes all the set everything ready to go that night yeah. that night live like and, that's insane and, it, and it's funny it's funny exactly and you laugh like, like you that's how time, how crazy just like turnkey this whole operation is they've got writers they've got you know all the set designers ready to go and i mean they put them through it all right, and congratulations to you, Miss Molly. You did it, Kearney. You well, is it? I said I, you, did. you did. I didn't. But I didn't no, know you have to correct so there, me. There is. Well, no, I, I, you caught yourself when I was thinking. There's. I don't know. M M X, and I don't know how to present uh, to pronounce you, it. I don't know how you pronounce M X. I've heard Ms. We don't but know. That's but still. I, I feel like I can't imagine. Title. That's still. Gender. Congratulations to you, Molly Kearney. Yes. There we go. We are. We're all learning together, so we're all getting there. This that's important. <clears throat> it is. It's gonna be a good first episode. You know, like with the, like the first episode with them. On, you know, like I feel like it's gonna be like I don't know. It's gonna be so well weird. stuff like this. Like people saying, like I mean, I wonder if they're gonna do like the work it in to be like what oh. are we call- you oh, yeah. it, like yeah. they're so gonna what be are doing you, what we're uh, doing. Yeah. How do you uh, like come out on the the? Oh whoever, yeah, they're definitely gonna. Oh, uh, they're gonna have a joke. the host, yeah. you know, come out. I mean, like I think that's. Which oh yeah, good it's gonna be a joke. Gonna put people like us at ease. Yeah, exactly. Like, We're gonna we'll find here. out. We're gonna find out. What do you and what do they want to be called? How do they? Mm-hmm. Yep. But then again, that's a lot of pressure for them. Oh, see, look, I'm doing it. I'm remembering uh, to be a representative of an entire group. Yeah. But hey, you, sometimes you gotta be that voice, and oh, they're doing that it. That was deep. Mm-hmm. The more you know. The more. <laughs> 
Pride season has wrapped up, but that doesn't mean you have to stop supporting the LGBTQ plus community. You can support the community by supporting LGBTQ plus businesses. Where can you find out about LGBTQ plus businesses? The Greater Houston LGBT Chamber of Commerce. The Chamber is the organization that champions the LGBTQ plus and allied business community. You can find a list of LGBTQ plus owned businesses and learn more about the Chamber at HoustonLGBTChamber.com. Learn more about the chamber how you can support lgbtq plus owned and allied businesses at houston lgbt chamber.com dot com yeah let's add some sound effects in there there we go <laughs> you want to talk about jamila jamila jamila, jamila. i'm interested about this hey baby when you talk no, i don't know who she is <laughs> oh right well i'm is are her pronouns she her hers yes mm-hmm. yeah she is. She goes by she, her. Um, she is uh, someone I kind of wanted to talk about for a while. I kind of talked to you about it two weeks just as a random like side comment. And was like, oh, my God, that'd be a great topic to talk about. Did I say that? No, I did. It was my like, idea. I You sounded just like that, actually. Yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I often hear Because now, now I feel awkward <laughs> being like, I don't know who she is. And you're like, you said it was a You said it a good topic. Well, <laughs> uh, I do not remember that. <laughs> no, I, we were just talking about it randomly. And then I, like I stopped myself and was like, "Oh, that's a good topic." And you're like, uh, "Okay, <laughs> I like good topics." Yeah. yeah. Well, now we're here, so we're gonna talk about Jamila Jamil. Um, so, who is she in general? She's a British act. Hold on, I'm sorry. She's a British actress whose career began on uh, British public access television. Before moving on to bigger projects like The Good Place, uh, which so is an amazing she show. Was amazing. Uh huh. Uh, the show Legendary, um, oh. and now she's even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, oh, isn't that crazy? Yes. You know, everything comes back to Marvel. Isn't that so fun? Uh, so, who is she as a person? Um, let's go ahead and start at the beginning. Who is Jamila? Who is Jamila? Who is she? Um, so, she was born in February of 1986, so oh, she's only baby. a little bit older than me. She's young, 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 young. Wow. Um, in London, uh, to her father, who was uh, from India, and her mother, who's from Pakistan. Um, so in 2015, she revealed that she faced, uh, like a whole bunch of health problems growing up as a kid. Uh, so she was first born with a congenital hearing loss, uh, and inflammation parts of her inner ear. Uh, she had surgery to correct that, leaving her with 70%, uh, hearing in her left ear and 50% in her right. Wow. Uh, she Even was also to this day, <clears throat> to this day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not me. Exactly. Like it's it's so interesting to see these facts and learn more just because yeah. like wow, I didn't know that you battled with these things. Um, she was also diagnosed at the age of nine with uh, uh, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, uh, which if you guys are Drag Race fans, um, Evie Oddly, the winner <gasps> of season 11, is also has the same condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's got, uh, she has Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, uh, which is a genetic disorder that affects your connective tissues of your body. Uh, over time, they can deteriorate, and you kind of mm-hmm. get like all sorts of uh, movement of your joints in and, and interesting ways. Um, she was also diagnosed with celiac, celiac disease at the age of 12. Damn. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, and then she also said that she experienced mercury poisoning at the age of Ooh, 21. Child. Which was because she had some, uh, teeth fillings that were, uh, amalgam, which is like a combination of like mercury and like copper and like all these heavy metals and whatnot. Uh, and then it apparently kind of. Heavy metal. It just makes me think of like 80s hairband. Keep oh. Going. Um, and so that was also kind of like pushed forward because, uh, whoever removed them didn't do a great job. And so it apparently caused some holes burning in her digestive system. 
So she had a kind of a, a tough uh, start there. To add to that, she had also um, suffered from uh, anorexia nervo- nervosa. Uh, so she described the between the ages of 14 to 17 uh, that she didn't really eat a full meal. Uh, she is believed to, she believes that her eating disorder came from, uh, like societal pressure. And so that's Mm -hmm. what, uh, like seeing it on magazines and then in the, uh, internet age of internet, uh, she grew up, you know, what, five years before me. So, uh, she was definitely experiencing the age of the internet like I was. Uh, and so she saw, you know, magazines pushing those weight loss products. That's like, you know. Um, lose five, 50 pounds in, in three weeks or whatever. You know, those crazy situations to be as skinny as possible. Because you remember being a kid at the, or at least I remember being a kid at the grocery store and as you're checking out, they have all those like pop culture magazines mm-hmm. are all like, oh, get fit and, you know, get ripped in two weeks and lose your weight and eat your your diet supplements and all that stuff. It, it just, I mean, it, it affects people. So... She said at the age of 17 that she was actually hit by a car while she was running from a bee, <laughs> which I shouldn't laugh that, but I think it's kind of funny. Um, and apparently broke several bones in her body and damaged her spine. Um, she described that as uh, she's recovering, they told her that she was never going to walk again, but she slowly started to recover with steroid treatment, a lot of physiotherapy, and then she also had a, a walker that she was using a lot as well. This uh, is at what age? 17. 17. So at 17, she's she's got... Uh, Celiac disease, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, hearing, hearing issues, impairments, yeah. Uh, Hit by a car, anorexia. Anorexia, all by 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's left a, a lot of societal pressure. Oh, and by 21, she had uh, suffered from mercury poisoning. So a lot of things going on in her life. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping busy. Wow. Yeah, keeping busy. Yeah, that's one way. Uh, she actually says that the car accident actually helped her because it pushed her towards recovery from anorexia, uh, saying that it changed her relationship with her body. So, um, oh. I mean, she had to fuel her body okay. as she struggled to regain her ability to walk. So, yeah, crazy, right? Uh, so she attended Queen's College uh, School in London and was unable to complete her uh, A-levels, uh, citing the accident. So the accident caused her to have to... Um, leave school there. She stated that she taught English after that to foreign students at the Callan School of English in London for two years. Uh, in an NPR interview, she later stated that while she was a teacher, that was when she got discovered by a producer at a bar. Uh, he asked her to audition as a presenter. She also later she uh, also later said that she applied to be a presenter via email, seeing um, a T4, which is a, a youth slot of a British uh, television channel 4, which is the... Um, Public access television available as free for everyone. Uh, so she saw it in job adver- advertisement. She's like, "I'm going, I'm going to apply to that." So she did, sent an email. You know, back in the day of email. Um, so Jamil uh, appeared in the Music Zone on E4, which is another part of Channel Four. Uh, towards the end of 2008, uh, she began presenting at Channel 4's youth slot in 2004. And I'm sorry. Youth slot T4 in 2009. There we go. Uh, replacing the previous presenter. When they left the morning show called Freshly Squeezed. Uh, So in 2010, Jamil presented The uh, Closet, which is an online fashion advice show on the social networking site, The uh, Bebo, produced by 2020. So she was slowly climbing up the ladder here in London, making her way through. Uh, 
Um, she was also working DJ events in 2010 as well. So she stated that her first show was actually Elton John's birthday party. Uh, crazy, right? How'd she get hooked up with that? <laughs> so she said that she was invited to DJ because she lied about having a lot of prior experience. Mm. Uh, in subsequent <laughs> later interviews and social media, she stated that she worked as a DJ for eight years after studying music for six years on a music scholarship, which all of that was not true. <laughs> so, so, kids, if you're listening, don't tell the truth. Just lie kidding. on your resume. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. As well, a recruiter, she, she got not. to go uh, be a DJ for Elton John's birthday, so it somehow worked out for her. Um, later, just a, you know, some quick facts about her. She from 2011 to 2014, she wrote a column for Company, which is a women's monthly magazine. In January of 2012, Jamil replaced uh, June Sarpong as the host of the reality show Playing It Straight, uh, in which a group of gay men lie about their sexuality and then compete with a group of straight men for a woman's infection, uh, infection, affections in order to try and win some money. So it's like, ooh, <laughs> doesn't sound like a fun game show, but, you know to each their own um in june of 2012 jamil also collaborated with very which uh is a fashion collection so she produced uh debuted her first fashion collection as you can tell from my attire i'm not very fashionable what is that very is v-e-r or what is no v-e-r-y v-e-r-y yeah it's just a brand i guess or like a a a house, a collect. I don't know. Oh, a house. yeah, a ha- house yeah. I, I assume it's like a magazine oh. or a column or something like that. Uh, kind of like Vogue, okay. GQ, things like that. Um, at the end of 2012, Jamil became a, a radio host at the official chart and was co host of the official chart update alongside Scott Mills on BBC Radio One. Uh, she made history by becoming the full, first sole female presenter on the BBC uh, chart show. So, look at her. Truck show. Moving on up. Talk talk show. Sorry. Oh, you said truck show. No. The truck show. Talk show. Um, it's almost like I had a little wine in my mouth. <laughs> oh, uh, so that's going to go ahead and bring us up to 2016. So that was all her time in London. And now it's time for her to it's go ahead and... relatively current. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. She's so, only a baby. She's a baby. She's a baby. Well, yeah, but I mean, I, I would... I didn't think she was that, like... So it's the, that was big there, but like you're talking then from there to global is a, a lot shorter time. Than yeah, I mean, she's what, 35, 36? Yeah, so but you're talking like the last six years, she's gone from oh, yeah. extremely local to extremely mm-hmm. local. I didn't well, she had close. a big break very early on. Uh, so she goes ahead and hops across the pond uh, and comes on over to L.A. So she recount, uh, recounts getting here to um, L.A. and saying, uh, what? Before you go. Across the pond. Uh-huh. The queen died. Oh. oh. All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Shut up to you and you knocked it out wow. of the park. Wow. Wow. I am. Whoa. Was that what you expected me to do? <laughs> I, I don't know why I'm surprised. Do we, are we, do. Uh, That's because of Harry Styles, isn't it? Yeah, that's the reason. If he wasn't he, British. He caused me to hate the monarchy so much. <laughs> uh, mm. But President Trump didn't get invited. He's not the president. No, I know. But, but he was. But he was knighted. <gasps> no, he wasn't. Oh, he was right. <gasps> I don't think he was. Huh? Oh no, he's saying he, oh. she. He, no, I know what you're talking. You're talking private. about how he said he she did it in like in private. Just oh yeah, secret. Yeah, yeah. Who? 
I feel that's something one of my third graders says. Yeah, but you know he has followers that yeah, believe it. This person was the <laughs> like, actual president like, of the United States. Like, yes. Sure she this happened on my way to the world. bathroom. I was knighted. On, no. You I was knighted you by the queen. You weren't knighted dead, on the way She's dead, baby. She's dead. Yeah. I wasn't laughing that she died. Well, she I passed mean, away? She did. Oh. Oh. All right. <laughs> oh. Oh, poor Wendy Williams. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyway, so we've hopped across the pond, uh, and so now uh, when she got to L.A., she really had no plans of acting. Uh, it kind of really just fell into her lap. Uh, she really was like, I want to be a screenwriter. That's what she wanted to do. Um, so while she was uh, working as a writer, uh, she had some agents that were like, um, hey, this guy, Mike Schur, Michael Schur, um, he wrote Parks and Rec. Or co-created Parks and Rec, uh, and he is looking for a British actress uh, in a new upcoming comedy series that he's writing and, and putting together. And so she was like, "Well, I got no acting experience. I don't know what I'm going to do here." Uh, so she was like, "I'll go for an audition. Why not? I was just going to try it out. See what happens." Um, wait, 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 wait. She was in Parks and Rec. No, she was no. not. Mike Sure co-created no, 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 Parks like, and Rec. This all makes sense now. No, no she no, was not in Parks and Rec. Parks and Rec. Oh, who do you know that's obsessed with Parks and Rec? His name is Chris. <laughs> oh my God. No, she was not in Parks and Rec. Mike Schur wrote the, the show. No, I'll get there. Hold on. Give me uh, a second. <laughs> he co-created Parks and Rec, exactly. and he was creating a new show, which shall rename, remain nameless for now. Uh, and so she was like, I have no acting experience. I don't know what I'm going to do. And so um, when she went to audition, she told the casting director that she had lots of stage acting experience. Uh, so she was later recalled for a uh, second interview with Mike Schur uh, and all of the producers in which she claimed to have comedy improv experience. Uh, and... She was given the role, eventually. Uh, so, apparently, after all these things, uh, getting to There's DJ for Elton us. John's birthday and uh, lying to people that you have improv experience and all this other stuff, um, sometimes confidence just gets you places. So, apparently. sometimes it pays to lie in your resume, apparently, y'all. Uh, <laughs> and Thomas is like, <laughs> I do not. So, the show premiered in September of 2016, with Jamil being a regular cast member. Of the NBC's fantasy comedy series called The Good Place. Oh. So this is her big break, literally, uh, what, the same year that she moved to L.A.? Like, let's go. I mean, she she went hard. So she played the character Tahani Al-Jamil. Mm -hmm. uh, so her character became known for her tendency to name drop all sorts of people, which was really funny for her because she kind of does that now. Um, so then just going through a list of a couple of her other accomplishments, she made her first American magazine cover on February of 2018, uh, the issue of The Cut. She provided her voice as a guest on the animated television series DuckTales. Uh, in the same year, she also hosted a segment uh, on Last Call with Carson Daly uh, during its final season entitled Wide Awake with Jamila Jamil. Um, Jamila's boyfriend, uh, his name is James Blake. He's a... Um, British a singer, uh, and he stated that she contributed to the production of his fourth album uh, in 2017-2018, and she's credited with that for uh, being a producer for five songs. Uh, since 2019, she has been the host of The Misery Index, which is a comedy show on TBS. In 2018, she joined the cast of Disney's Indian-inspired cartoon set uh, in fictional Jalpur. Uh, she plays Mira, a uh, royal detective... No, no, there. 
Yes, there is Mira, sorry, the main character, a royal detective debuted in uh, March of 2020 uh, with Jamil playing Mira's Auntie Pushpa. Um, so she is a character, a voice on wow. a cartoon as well. Uh, in March of 2020, she posed fully clothed in a suit and tie for Playboy magazine, uh, the On Speech issue. Uh, she later tweeted, quote, from my Playboy shoot, I wanted uh, to be shot like a man, no retouching, high res, loose, comfortable clothes, and completely unsexualized. She said, I felt extremely free. So it was a very interesting take on a Playboy magazine. Mm. Um, so in 2020, she also began as a judge on the hit show Legendary, oh, uh, which sorry. is a competition show focused on voguing and bowl culture. Bowl. bowl. Legs and dairy. Legs and dairy. And we will uh, talk more about that in a minute. Uh in April 2020, she debuted her podcast, I Weigh, uh, W-E-I-G-H, with Jamila Jamil, which focuses on women's accomplishments, body positivity, activism, and racial inclusivity. Uh, in October 2020, the podcast was nominated for uh, E! Magazine's People's Choice Award. Ooh. So... But she did well on this podcast, apparently. Um, in June 2021, Jamil was cast as a supervillain uh, Titania in Disney Plus's uh, streaming series She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, which is officially out now. It came, so the first mm. episode uh, was in August. And so she is officially part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which we have talked about a lot on this podcast. Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek is not with her, but she might. You never you never know. Um, she also, on the other side of the uh, um, superhero universes, she also plays in DC. So we've got Marvel and DC. Uh, so in 2022, she voiced Wonder Woman in the animated Wonder film Woman. DC League of Super Pets. So she's kind of dabbling her toes in everything. Hmm. So now that we've talked about all her TV uh, appearances, that's a lot. So now we're going to go ahead and hop into her activism. So let me go ahead and preface this by saying that her activism has gotten her into... Um, I would consider, I know The Good Place was a hit show, definitely mm -hmm. like, you know, pushed her career forward, but her activism is something that has gotten her headlined and gotten her a uh, notoriety for people on the internet saying, oh, and there's a joke, I didn't, and it's escaping me what television show it's from, but it's like, oh, Jamila Jamil just decided with you on Twitter, so it's kind of over for you. So it's like, uh, she is so vocal about things on social media that it's like, oh, if Jamila Jamil is agreeing with you, like, You've gotten too far, baby. <laughs> so she's gotten a, a, she's very vocal on her um, activism and just, you know, being out there. So late in 2015, Jamil launched the Why Not People, question mark, which is uh, an events and membership company dedicated to hosting live entertainment events uh, that are accessible to people with disabilities. Um, in March of 2018, Jamil created an Instagram account called iWay, which, you know, of course, is part of her podcast. Uh, but this was all inspired from a picture that came across online of Courtney, Kim, and Khloe Kardashian with their half-sisters, Kendall and Kylie Jenner, each detailing the women's weight. Um, so Jamila describes I Weigh as a movement for us to feel vul uh, valuable and see how amazing we are and look past the flesh of our bones. The account welcomes submissions from all sorts of followers, non-edited or airbrushed selfies using the hashtag uh, I Weigh. 
with text describing the things that they feel grateful or proud of. That is besides, you know, whatever they appear as. So it's a, I mean, it sounds like a great situation. Um, Because of this, in part of this work, uh, she was listed as BBC's top 100 women during uh, 2018. So she's making headlines. Uh, Then she became very... um, vocal critic of diet and shakes uh, and appetite supplements which you know was in part to having anorexia as a child and so i mean it's definitely like hey all these things that i saw are not great for me and i don't like that so i'm gonna as an adult that has power now let me go ahead and talk about this so um she said in her teens that she starved herself took laxatives took those tips from celebrities on how to maintain their weight um Coming from being inspired from the Kardashians, she has also very vocalized the uh, criticisms of the Kardashians. Uh, She also has beef with Cardi B uh, and many Mm. other influences for promoting dietary supplements via their social media. So she's very like, what the fuck are you doing? I remember, I do remember there was one time that she uh, screenshotted something on Instagram from Kim Kardashian's escaping me what she was pushing, but it was... um, like some photo shoot that she did that she was just like sucked in so hard and all you saw was, you know, her giant tits and giant boobs and like no waist at all. And Jamila had screenshot it and went in this huge ass rant on Twitter Ooh. that was like just reading Kim Kardashian for Phil. So uh, she's very, she does not, uh, she's not afraid of making any enemies anywhere mm-hmm. when she's like, I've something I don't like, she is going to talk about it. Um, she also created a petition via change.org titled Stop, Stop Celebrities Promoting Toxic Diet Products on Social Media with the goal of reaching 150,000 signatures. She called upon social media networks such as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to ban the practice, noting its dangerous rhetoric on young, impressionable teenagers. And... In September of 2019, she succeeded. Instagram rolled out a new global policy with restrictions to help protect teen users, wow. uh, specifically looking at you know what ads are being put in front of them. Uh, so she was helping in that in some facet. Um, she's also gained even more no- notoriety, like I said, based on her social media use to call people out. She's like, not afraid of that. Um, she often calls out the media industry standards and labels of other celebrity, uh, female celebrities, uh, such as devil agents of the patriarchy, uh, because of promoting unhealthy body images for women, often, uh, invoking, invoking her own experience of having an eating disorder in her arguments. Um, so she, in 2013, criticized Rihanna, <laughs> which mm, that's a strong that's one to go up against. And that. Rihanna has has Rihanna has changed her image a lot mm-hmm. uh, because now with you know Fenty, she has inclusive models of mm, all all gender expressions and all sizes. Uh, so she Rihanna has done something. Um, she has voiced her disapproval of Beyonce, uh, sexualizing her public image like Nicki Minaj, Rihanna, Miley Cyrus, Iggy Azalea, and criticized all of these artists for uh, deluding themselves into thinking it's feminism if you get your fanny out on your terms. That was a quote from her. All right, show's over. <laughs> we criticize Beyonce. It's over. So in 2019, she called out the rapper Cupcake uh, on Twitter for posting about doing a water fast. 
Um, Jamil also calls out Kim Kardashian often for promoting unhealthy body ideals, such as wearing a corset, promoting body makeup to cover skin imperfections, such as psoriasis, and for offering maternity shapewear for her fashion line. Uh, so like I said, she is not a fan of the Kardashians, even though they inspired her to create this whole situation. I don't know. Um... So in August of 2020, Jamil announced on Twitter that she was deleting her tweets from 2009 to, 2000, uh, to 2020 in order to make her account more activism-focused. However, months later in November 2020, Jamil claimed that it was a third-party app which caused her Twitter post to disappear in the previous months and that she deleted her entire Twitter post history to figure out why her posts were being removed. So she finds herself in the crossfires of her own... Um, her own controversy because it's like, oh, why are you going back and deleting tweets all of a sudden? And it's like, mm, and then girl. she blamed, uh, she blamed some. She probably blamed Kim Kardashian. <laughs> no, she <laughs> she blamed a third party app for doing it. And it's I like, mean, and we shouldn't. I mean, I often think celebrities when they say that, they're like, oh, it was a third party. I was hacked. I was hacked. And I'm like, you're not telling no. the truth. No, but I mean, sure. we should believe her because she's told the truth all these other times, right? She's very vocal about things. No, she, I, I don't know. She, she, I mean, she lied about being a DJ. She lied about being a good actress. But we should believe her. This she time. lied about comedy improv. Yeah, yeah she really does create not, her own controversy. We should believe her. So that's why I have been painting a nice picture leading up to our <laughs> controversies. Uh, so she's also very vocally against airbrushing of editorial images and refuses to retouch any of her photos. Uh, she, quote, thinks, I think it's disgusting uh, to Photoshop your images and put them out there in the world without announcing that's what uh, you've done. It's a lie. You're lying to your fans and all your followers and people who look up to you. You're an asshole. I really believe that you're an asshole. Uh, which is an excerpt from 2018 Nylon Magazine cover interview. So she, wow. like I said, she's very vocal and she says what's on her mind. She's also very critical of the fashion and modeling industry uh, because they have standards of runway models that look starved and terrified. Uh, Jamil frequently references Victoria's Secret models as the counterexample of her own identity. Um, she has also called out the Chanel designer Carl uh, Lagerfeld. Uh, she called him a ruthless, fatphobic misogynist after he died. Oh. Like, sure. girl. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah. Uh, so Jamil also supports the climate change movement, expressing her own admiration for Jane Fonda, uh, Greta Thunberg, and other climate activists as well. So she's, like I said, we've painted this picture that she's a very vocal person. She does whatever the fuck she wants to. Uh, and apparently she does it well because she keeps getting hired by people. So mm. she's out there doing it. Uh, like I said, confidence really takes you to a, a point. But it also has some side effects. She has stated that she experiences anxiety, depression, and obsessive compulsive disorder. Uh, on October 10th of 2019, as part of World Mental Health Day, she did state that she survived a suicide attempt six years prior. Uh, this was also very fun. Uh, not very fun. Hold on. Sorry. <laughs> this was uh, very enlightening to watch. Uh, was uh, the Red Table Talk show, uh, which you know has its own controversy within itself. Um, but it, she was on there, um, and she talked about her attempts with suicide, um, and her. She she stated like an eight years of growth essentially. That's like I want to focus on myself because I'm knowing that I have attempted suicide already once. It's going to happen again is what she had in her mind. So then she gave herself a eight-year task of focusing on different things that, you know, can help provide better 
um, access to other resources and, you know, push herself forward. And she says that uh, it got her to a point that's like, okay, if I set my mind to these tasks, these little tasks to, you know, help improve my life, then it got her to a point. I'm like, I mean, I understand that, but some people also need therapy to get to that point as well. And therapy is a great thing. Um, so was she advocating for not? No, she therapy? wasn't. I'm just saying that like she, she claims that she made the realization on her own. Mm. And so that I'm saying that other people do not just make that realization on their own. Right. <laughs> so she was lucky in that aspect that she got to that realization on her own to give herself an eight year task of, but it's like, it's, some people don't have eight years of, you know, thinking about that, sure. but, but yeah. Okay. So now that we've painted this whole picture of who Jamila Jamila is outspoken activist, uh, doesn't care who she pisses off, uh, says what she says, uh, fights with people, calls people out on the internet. Let's go ahead and move on to, um, her appointment as a judge on the voguing reality show series Legendary. Uh, so her being a judge received a lot of criticisms because Legendary uh, itself is a um, is about bull culture. Uh, bull culture. Bull. So it, it I have a full thing that I wrote that described it specifically. So it is, um, it recruits eight mothers and eight fathers from famed ballroom houses from around the world, including famous chapters like the House of Ninja and House of La Beja. Um, each of these... The Beyonce, Madonna, Queen's mm -hmm. remix. Yeah, there you go, right. yeah. You ready? Some Sing it. Age, Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, each of these houses assembles their, uh, I'm sorry, each of them assemble their own house of five uh, to then compete across nine theme bowls uh, from all sorts of different um, uh, themes. Western Kiki to a superhero extravaganza. There are challenges within those balls that focus on uh, posing, voguing, bodies, specific arm and hand movements, uh, and anything that you find at a ball that, like, in from New York City era. Uh, except, on top of that, there is a $100,000 cash prize. Uh, so that's what Legendary is, is focused around. Yeah. But there is criticism because ball culture is rooted in black and Latino LGBTQ plus communities of New York uh, since the 1920s. So that's been around for uh, youths that were felt that ever felt um, that they didn't belong. It was definitely a place for people to uh, engage in the community, engage in culture uh, and just be a part of something. Uh, if you've ever watched Pose, uh, mm -hmm. Ball culture is very, very popular in that as well. And it was very prominent during the 80s as well because it was a place for uh, anyone who was shunned for, you know, being gay, having AIDS, uh, having HIV. They were able to come to these places and they all felt loved and accepted. So... Uh, ball culture is definitely very rooted in who we are. The controversy of this really sparked in February of 2020 when HBO Max announced the show was coming as a reality competition series showcasing the world of ballroom and voguing. Uh, the press release emerged that Jamila Jamil was going to be the MC and a judge, uh, which the MC is typically in a ball, is typically filled by a veteran of ball culture, a part of queer counterculture, um, black and brown LGBTQ communities. So we're looking at uh, a lot of um, communities that were felt shunned because it's like, okay, well, you didn't get a veteran of ball culture. You didn't get a, a black or brown, like, uh, LGBT community member. Like, you didn't get someone from New York. Like, it's, you got so many, yeah. like, uh, layers that people were just like, what the fuck? Uh, so the, the creative promise that this press release was a clerical error, um, which I think that 
And hold on, I'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> so Jamil then went on to clarify on Twitter that she was like, oh, no, 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 I'm just a celebrity judge. Uh, and that she'll be along people like Megan Thee Stallion, Ballroom, uh, by... <laughs> Ballroom Icon, uh, Laomi Maldonado, and Silas Law Roach. So she's like, no, 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 I'm just going to be on one episode and that'll be it. Wink. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that apparently Deshaun Wesley uh, is going to be uh, the mainstay of the ball scene and will be the MC. Uh, but the ball community was like, ooh, I don't believe you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was apparently a big backlash from the ball community uh, that had all sorts of different questions and concerns. And mm-hmm. uh, specifically whether the show would be as authentic as they claimed to be or if there would be another attempt um, to just marginalize this culture and mainstream. Uh, I mean, people are still kind of sour looking back now about Madonna's Vogue. Because Madonna, I mean, while she brought the yeah. idea of ball culture and whatnot, she's like, okay, she's a white person. Like... Why Why is she the representation of Vogue when there's literally ball culture, yeah. which is black and brown, uh, you know, queer culture, queer counterculture that's here, uh, and we are the representation. Why is she the, the voice of Vogue? Um, and that's one reason why I like the, the Vogue uh, Beyonce mix, because Beyonce takes that uh, for uh, Break My Soul and turns it into a whole uh, celebration of black and brown artists. So really good. Anyways, uh, so around the same time of all this controversy, I know there's a lot of things going on. We're going to go back to Jamila Jamil. She comes out as queer in February of that year as well, uh, which grew as a backlash itself uh, because this media was just like, okay, you just caused more issues. It just inflamed the situation that was like, okay, are you just saying this now because everyone's mad already and now you're saying that you're queer because it's like, oh, you got called out for being a part of this and you're saying you're queer just to, you know, make people... wait a minute. I'm queer. Yeah, exactly. Like, almost like as as a response thing. It's like, hey, girl, calm down. You know, that's the idea there. Wait Um, a minute. I'm queer, so you can't come after me. You can't be mad at me for being on this. Exactly. So this all happened within a month of 20... This is right before the pandemic, too. So it's like, oh, girl. Um, So it went on to... She went on to say that the focus should not be around me um, and should instead be around the kids or the competitors uh, and that it was a fuck-up on a press release for her to come out as queer when she did it... um, as it should never have been sent around her. So she was like, why are you guys talking about me? I was like, girl, do you not see what you did? Like, mm-hmm. calm down. Mm-hmm. So in a later interview, she states that uh, it was a, quote, inappropriate time to come out, which, yes, uh, but also it kind of makes me sad. It's like it, it, all of us have had our own coming mm-hmm. out stories on this podcast, and some of us, I mean, like myself, didn't get, like, the perfect opportunity to to come out, but it was like, no one gets a perfect opportunity necessarily. And this was her opportunity to say, hey, I'm queer. But, I mean, it came with so much backlash. It's like, what? Uh, so she is not just a temporary judge or a guest judge. She is a recurring judge on Legendary, mm-hmm. which has only led to more uh, questions. Like, why is she there? Uh, because there's so many other options that are available. Uh, I've seen plenty of Twitter people saying that Megan the Stallion should be on there instead. Um, but I'm like, even then, I understand that Megan the Stallion is a you know black hip-hop artist mm-hmm. that uh, is also loved by so many queer fans, but it's like, she's not ball culture. She's from Houston. Like, we don't really have necessarily ball culture. So just because you want to take... And I know Jamila Jamila is not... We can't really equate those things as the same, but it's still like... If we're looking to have people from ball culture on there, 
go to people from all culture like mm -hmm. take both of them out like why go directly to Megan and selling the set but you know I I digress uh, so there was just a whole bunch of backlash with that uh, Jamila Jamil like I mentioned she is always brought up as jokes uh, it's like oh Jamila Jamil uh, retweeted you or agrees with you and you should probably delete that and so it's just it's funny because she's very outspoken and, and she does her, her situation. But that is a controversy of Jamila Jamil. She is part of the uh, LGBTQ plus community uh, mm. and is still on the show Legendary. So, it's <laughs> it, yeah, that's what I've heard. That, that's the show she's on? Is Legendary. She's the, okay, cool. I mean, Jamila according to Jamila all this information that no, I've no, got, it shows she's that she's still there, yeah. Is she on The Hulk? She is She-Hulk, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mentioned that. Yeah, so she yeah. is a uh, part of She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. She is officially part of the it's Marvel okay. Cinematic Universe as uh, Titania. So she is um, a main role in that. That's, that's a big deal for a, a queer person of color mm -hmm. yeah. to be on a big show like that. Yeah, she plays a really I, funny character, I guess too. I was just trying to, like... like all the controversy. Right? Oh yeah, and on that something lighter. Yeah, you know. A lot of her things, like aside from what she has admitted to lying, doesn't aren't there a <laughs> lot of her claims of like her past, like things that she claims to be true? Also, oh absolutely, don't they come after her for like inconsistencies in her story constantly. Yeah, like, with her like the B thing and the like, she's Tr constantly being called out for whether like, her truths oh, are, are real. And is, is she? What is it? No, she. No, she, he's right. Her, her, her comment. Her stories don't always line up. Like she'll say one thing, and then when asked about it, it'll be like a backtrack or like a. Well, what I meant was kind of like what you were saying mm. with like the queer thing. Well, oh well, that was a mistake. All right, I was. But she does a lot of double talk. A lot of. So in terms of how this podcast rates, is she a Beyonce or is she a Harry Styles? Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, I can't pick between the two of them. She's she so Dusty is right. So when I was, uh, yeah, a lot of people feel like she's very disingenuous, very like like you don't know what like uh, oh like she just basically she says whatever like what you said with the, with the tweeting she says whatever she needs to say to be current in the moment in um, the moment of that topic. So and like people don't know as much about her past and whether these things are actually true because she was never, uh, you know, with certain actors and actresses, they either come from nepotism. So it's like, you know, they grew up in the limelight already or they started as child actors and actresses that they yeah, were already in the limelight. She came out of nowhere. So it's like we don't even know so anything about created, her youth. Yeah. yeah. So it's just like she literally created this whole persona to people don't really trust or believe that Jamila Jamil is and there's no real person who she yeah names and there's it's just it's it's very a lot I mean, of controversy if someone really wanted to investigate her they could find oh her absolutely like, nowadays yeah. especially if she was online and you know active anywhere yeah. anyone under the age of 40 you can find everything you want to about them all online. of the dirt yeah yeah so she plays uh, as titania so the she hulk is currently um going through it's it's up. very it's a very cute show um it's so funny, and then she plays the role Titania. She's been in two episodes so far, and she's just like a fashion bitch, and it's really funny. So it's a good, good situation. So if you want to see Jamila Jamil, she is on She-Hulk currently, or if you want to watch uh, The Good Place, that's a really good show. It is too. a very, very, good show. very good show. What's her face in it too? What is her face? Uh, Cri Kristen. Yes. Yes. Kristen. Bell. 
thank you. <laughs> I was like, my brain is functioning, and we got there. <laughs> yes, very good. Chris and Bill. All right. Well, Jamila Jamil. Jamila Jamil, everyone. Controversial. Just kidding. Yeah, so she has her own controversy, and I don't think she's going to ever get out of that. <laughs> no, because that's how she stays. That She stays. She stays in the limelight because of that so yeah. hustling oh. yeah she that, says hustling. Go, hustling we'd like to thank our sponsor economy works need help with marketing hire a freelancer need help building a website hire a freelancer need help with benchmarking and analysis hire a freelancer you know what we know the economy is hot right now need help with hiring you can hire a freelancer with economy works economy works believes in the power of connection and wants to connect you with this talent network the talent network has over 1,000 years of experience in growing in hr marketing it accounting and other specialties Economy works when we work. The, the economy, economy works. works. You can find out more at economyworks.com. That's E C O N O M I W O R K S dot com. Well, speaking of oh. controversial, no, I don't know if she's not con- she's not controversial. I guess she was born at the right time because I mean Michelle Visage, Michelle uh. Lynn Chupac, Chupac, yeah, Chupac. Was her her? She's name? never been Michelle Visage this entire time. Uh, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> she has a similar hustle streak to her. She look, but she looks like a hustler. She looks like she's gonna. She's um, come from Jersey. Well, uh, like let's she's... get into it though. Um, we know her from Ru- RuPaul's oh. Drag Race and other things. If you've listened Seduction. to her, Seduction, <laughs> her uh, radio <laughs> DJ um, uh, morning shows. Michelle Visage, like I said, born Michelle Lynn Shupak, was born uh, September 20th, 1968. She is an award-winning ally. I oh, mean, absolutely. She's won awards as an ally. The Icon Awards. I don't know what the award is. Honestly, see, I would accept her award. as a, a part of Legendary because she was so far... Or no, we'll probably talk about it, but she was very she, into very, New yeah, York yes. ball culture. Well, interestingly, she did chime in on that cult. Uh, oh, that did she? Oh! Yeah. She, 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 oh, she, 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 had some, she had them, some things to say, Mama. I love she that. She said... <laughs> Uh, her words were like there could have been. It was a retweet, so it was you know very passive, um, thing. But literally, so many others who actually know about ball cold, uh, ball about ball who should be on. Yeah. So. But they she, picked, I mean, they went for the. She had an opinion, current, which ground. is interesting because she was part of the ball ball culture. But we'll get into she it. She was. She's very into Born it. Born in New Jersey. Ugh. Jersey, Tim. and she's very about New Jersey. She very is. about New Jersey, oh, yeah. South Plain, New Jersey. Uh-huh. Um, did you know she was adopted? Oh, I did not. Interesting. Adopted, oh. but grew up in a very close, loving Jewish family in New Jersey. Her mom was a teacher. Dad ran her tr- ran a trophy shop. Uh, she did meet her b- birth mom when she was age twenty five, and they did manage to have a close relationship. Uh, but she grew up with a lot of insecurities. She knew she was adopted. Um, and I don't know how much that weighed on her, but I'm sure it did. Uh, she felt awkward. She uh, often felt that she was not pretty enough, skinny enough. She was not tall enough. She was not cool enough. But at age 13, one of the pivotal moments in her life, she got pat- cast in a play and it gave her confidence. And she's like, I am good enough. Mm. Um, and she, you know, in her life, she was inspired by the great women's powerhouses such as Stevie Nicks, Pat Benatar, mm. Cindy Lauper, Madonna, and actually at age 16, another little pivot in her life, she won a Madonna lookalike contest. Mm. Um, and that kind of inspired her. Inspired her, but she you know, she was born sporting some blonde back With in the a 80s. Good wig and a- yeah. So in uh so that inspired her to like I I can like I can maybe do something. I've been in this play, I'm Madonna lookalike, Madonna in the 80s. 
a big deal, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so she's like, I'm going to move to New York City, and I'm going to go study at the American Musical and Dramatic Academy. Um, and by age 17, she was there. She went uh, She went to work, though, not to play. Uh, her mm-hmm. parents, though, they were like, they didn't know much about showbiz, and they encouraged her, like, go do this, do go to drama school. Uh, her mom even sent her with a fake ID and said, go to clubs, meet people. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Network. Aww. Um, and she had fun, right? But she did not, like... In, in, my words, not hers, but she didn't indulge in like all of the stuff that mm. a 16, 17 year old would easily be accessed. Yeah. Mm. Because her thoughts are like, I'm going to go work I mean, on Broadway. Yeah. And hey, if it doesn't work on Broadway, I'll go, I'll just get a movie. I'll be in a, I'll be a movie star. Casual. Uh, well, you'd be like Jamila Jamil, move across. The- I don't want to yeah. be an actress. Oh, wait. wait. <laughs> wait a second, Here's the hit show. <laughs> so over the course of her hustle and like her late teens, she stopped drinking. She never did drugs. But, um, and she, re- she, she had fun, like I said, but she stopped drinking because she realized she had no boundaries at all. So, Whatever, you know, whatever, she would do whatever, whenever, with whomever, and she took every risk possible. And so at some point, she was like, this is, if I'm going to be who I want to be, I got to check my shit wow. and stop drinking. And, and again, she never touched drugs. Um, but really, uh, again, so she's had, we're, we're at, uh, in her 20s, right? And, and has another shift because she has, she gets involved in Ball culture. Ball culture. Uh, she joins the House of Magnifiques, which is a <laughs> a, uh, a house of thirty people uh, or a family, you know. And uh, as we noted, with Jamila Jamil being controversial, although Jamila Jamil is a person of color, right? Uh-huh. It's worth noting that she is. Yes. Um, Michelle Visage in the eighties in this ball culture, which is predominantly African American. Mm-hmm. Perdom or Latino, a- yeah. African American or Black or Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, this cisgender white middle class girl from New Jersey with an attitude mm-hmm. um, comes in and it's like, yeah, I'm gonna like they accepted her and she said it changed her life because she got this validation again from uh, from being this not cool girl to being part of this big group. Mm-hmm. Um, and she describes it's a, it's a level of family. Like yep. I mean, you get into the. I mean, it really is. You're you're part of this this house, which is literally a family. Mm-hmm. And Pose really does a great job yeah, of showing it it's like a mother, or somebody to look after you that keeps you on the right track. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's very mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah. She described her time uh, voguing. She, she was like, we were having fun along Christopher the Christopher Street piers. There in New York City, she was like, there's no negativity or shade, just family. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she describes it as an amazing f- feeling and that she found her tribe or found my tribe, as she says. Um, and this really kind of started her uh, entrance into being like a strong ally to the LGBTQ plus community. Because again, in the 80s, um, lots of things are happening. I mean, yes, uh um, there's this phenomenal sensation of ball culture and embrace and celebration of it. So she's surrounded by drag queens, meets RuPaul, um, which, you know, again, is another pivot in her life. Huge um, pivot. <laughs> but uh, um, she's also being surrounded by all these people who are, are you know, um, becoming addicted to drugs um, and, and, and alcohol that are sex workers that are being murdered by the Johns, the people that are hiring them, and people that are dying of AIDS. Uh, but nonetheless, she, she, I mean, she was still involved in the community the whole time. She worked hard. She participated in balls at night, but had a lot of um, day jobs during the or jobs during the day that she was managing to try to, you know, keep keep living in New York City, living the the dream that she was hoping to aspire. But then in, in 1988, another pivot. She, she joins. She joins this um, 
this band called Seduction, which was a band that she was part of until 1991. (laughs) I've heard her talk about Seduction and the references to it on RuPaul's Drag Race. I never put two and two together. I didn't bother to do the research uh, until I was doing her as a topic. And uh, yeah, so they had this platinum selling album, Nothing Matters Without Love. Uh, The singles, popular singles, Could This Be Love? And... The one I sing in my freaking head all the time. It takes two, it takes two, me and, like, it takes two. Like, this song, <laughs> it was a jam. That was Michelle Visage. Michelle freaking Visage. <laughs> Seduction. Uh-huh. I mean, this band was legit. They toured with Millie Vanilli. They played in arenas. She said it was the most incredible time of her life. She would absolutely do it over again. Like most kid bands, she in the always 90s. talks popular. She left with no money. They like she oh, yeah. did all that. Like the the record company screwed her oh. band over. I mean, they and, did that uh, for no Insync and Backstreet Boys yes. too. They, I mean, they took all the money from them. So the 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 group eventually, you know, after this height, like I mean, you gotta imagine. You think you have these platinum wow. album. You think you like you're touring with Mini Millie Vanilli, which is also one of the hottest bands at the time. Again, they hit their own demise. Left <laughs> with no money. She's like, you just signed your way. You didn't care, and that. And you're you're not that young. So um, after Seduction, she wound up a couple different things. She uh, was hosting a hot oil wrestling uh, night at a strip club. Um, So it was these female wrestlers in bikinis, wrestling men. And she she wasn't wrestling. Like, she wasn't a wrestler. (laughs) She was hosting it. Yeah, she was hosting. So she was on the mic. um, And she just learned to take advantage of, like, she learned – not to be taken advantage of, and she learned not to give a shit about things. So this is again yet another pivot layer because she she's like, listen, I was freaking touring the globe. I had a I was on the radio. Mm. And people were it Singing takes my, two like yeah. people were <laughs> dancing and loving her Singing music my songs, and here she is with a mic watching some like business exec trying to not be with his wife and getting you know manhandled by some woman lathered up in hot oil she's like listen you can't tell me anything take your seat Mm. get in line whatever don't touch me don't talk me don't even look at me and and she could do it with like she was holding that mic and just do it with a bunch of sass and she's like i just learned so much about how not to give two shits about anything that honestly explains so much about what we see with michelle visage on uh drag race when she has that look because i mean plenty of drag queens that have gone on rupaul's drag race they say michelle gives you a look and you know you fucked up she was like no <laughs> but she still kept yes she yeah. still kept that singing career kind of going she wound up with this the creators of that band seduction which i don't know why you'd want to look you know i guess the creators are different from the record producers they uh managed to create this other group called the soul system which s.o.u.l.sy. s. T dot E dot M dot. Oh boy. Soul system. Uh, it's a <laughs> short lived group. But, but, but this group that she was Thomas part was, of. Uh, <laughs> going robot on this real uh, fast. Released a song, It's Gonna Be a Lovely Day, which was a remake of a Bill Withers uh, song uh, on the Bodyguard soundtrack. And, uh, you know, that we, was a we didn't talk about Whitney. huge. We didn't talk about Whitney, damn uh-huh. it. <laughs> Huge, huge success. She knows on her website, michellevisage.com, which I don't think she's updated in quite some time, but it's like it's like all her accomplishments. And I have a like like 35 posts. Pretty much. Uh, 
it's going to be a lovely day. You know, the soundtrack, blah, blah, blah. This is the song. Website notes, 35 million copies sold. I'm like, girl, you didn't sell those 35. It was not your song that sold the 35 million copies. You were track number nine on that. Like, come on. It was all Whitney, but I'm, all right. I'll, I'll take it. All right. I mean, if you're going to get paid for it. Uh-huh. But I'm sure she didn't. Otherwise, she probably wouldn't be hosting freaking RuPaul's, you know, judge on RuPaul's. I don't Dragons. know. I do have to question, like, where she, we'll talk about it, how so, she got there. <laughs> so so she's doing this. And then in 1996, like, uh, again, another pivot. Her old friend RuPaul calls her up and, you know, he's got a... Uh, a show, a talk show, the RuPaul show on VH1, and he asked her to be her his co-host. <clears throat> so she does that for a couple of years. The show lasts from 96 to 98, so two-year stint. Uh, simultaneously, they've got a... Uh, RuPaul has a uh, morning sh- radio show on WKTU in New York City uh, that they co-hosted together until 2002. So they were running that show. Uh, RuPaul left and... Um, in 2002 and then she wound up doing uh more morning radio so i'll just note on vh1 so she got kind of caught up in a gig there for until like 2002 uh so from 96 to 2002 she did like i said the co-hosting of rupaul's uh the rupaul show but also was hosting live uh um red carpet events she did it for the grammys and the 25th mm-hmm. anniversary of greece so she was keeping busy i again forever in my mind it was something that um joan river said and then uh roger raja said raja. It in, in the recent uh um all-star seven, All-Star 7 stay booked and she is staying booked. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like I should also come in here and I'm not certain if you'll get there that um, I think around this time she's having her daughter or daughter. She has two daughters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so around this time, like in, I don't know what role motherhood played in her life and what role she played, you know, with her husband and whatnot. But I don't know if it's like, a, Hey, I'm just doing these things as like a courtesy to my friend and like making a little bit of money. To the no, side, she was or... the money, the breadwinner. Oh, okay. like, he wow. stopped doing it and he, uh, doing his, he's a screenwriter and um, yeah he um, his name is David Case the screenwriter he's but, cute too <laughs> um, he um, yeah they decided she was going to be the breadwinner and he stays at home with the girls uh, and you know she's noted too they've got their you know the kids have she, she notes as a mom like it's tough to be on the road all the time because um, you know she was doing uh, a morning DJ for a long time working with RuPaul and then on, now on RuPaul's Drag Race um, and uh, yeah so she said she's not at home a lot and he's the he's the, the consistent um, parent there yeah um, but uh, she says so she, she deals with the mother the parent parental guilt uh, of not being able to see everything all the time with the kids spend all the time with the kids but also like um, they have their own mental health yeah. issues yeah. that uh, uh, that they're working through so she's like but he he is the you know not the primary support but he's able to be there for the girls while yeah. she's out there making you know earning money for the family yeah. I remember that he was on uh, well she was doing the um, season 12 of RuPaul's Drag Race the finale mm-hmm. uh, and then of course usually you know they're doing the zoom situation and they did a little bit where he walks around and you see yeah. his butt because he uh-huh. just like walks he's cleaning in an I apron and, and his butt and that was the first time I was like uh-oh. Michelle has we got a that's, man. That's all you've seen from him, and you're like, that's it. That oh, yeah, that was enough for me. No, we saw his face, too. <laughs> but I was like, oh, <laughs> she got a daddy. <laughs> he's, got 
You stay home too. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> keep good care of him, right? He's she got, got plenty take, of money. He's got to take care of good care of himself. <laughs> he wants to stick around, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so yeah. So TV in the late '90s, early 2000s, and then she kind of early 2000s she pivoted to to doing radio. Um, again, she was on the morning show with um, with RuPaul, and then after RuPaul left in 2002, um, from 2002 to 2005, she went from New York radio to LA radio, where she was doing the morning radio in LA on Hot 92 Jams. And then she went back to New York for a stint for about a year in New York City, where she was doing the morning mix on WNEW FM. Um, again, hustling. Because yeah. also mm-hmm. in in between all that between the LA and the New York stand she was doing she was hosting the Beat 96 on Sirius from 2003 to 2006. Oh, that was a hit for uh hit time for satellite radio. Yeah. That was like the the up and coming mm-hmm. new situation. That's mm-hmm. what everyone paid extra for their car. Yep. She was doing the thing. 2007, she's in West Palm Beach uh, uh, hosting a show on Sunny 104.3. I can't think of, like, just because you know her, like, her presence now and how, like, she's got a good TV presence. Like, I can't see her or hear her on the radio. Like, I don't. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I feel like. like She's just like going into a radio studio. Because she gets so glammed up. When she's so, she's, she's a. She moves like she talks with her hands. Like she's a very she emotes, yeah, emo- yeah. She's not just a voice, you know. She's not just sit there sedentary. She's yeah. But she also uh, is very um, slapstick. So she's very quick witted. She knows, mm-hmm. and especially after all the time that she spent, uh, I mean, defending herself against men and being out in the industry and all that stuff. Like I'm sure she has plenty to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she was very like. I'm sure I, she's a quick-witted human being. Yeah. I so. mean, she's been on. I've, I've never heard her on the radio. I've heard her on her podcast, podcast with yeah. RuPaul, and uh, yeah, I, she she's able to um, to to keep the energy going. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a, I'm sure would be a great radio presence. Like I said, I'm just she has so much glam to her. Like that's not a like for me. Yes, you want me behind a microphone <laughs> with no camera, but for Michelle, like she's gonna show up. You better. I mean, you can't put that thing just with no camera. Come on. You better work. You better work. So from so 2007, she was in West Palm Beach, and then 2011, she goes to uh, to Miami, and she's doing a morning show there. Uh, and was there for a brief period of time because, again, uh, actually, so, well, 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 in 2011 is when she starts RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, but in two, so when RuPaul's Drag Race started in 2009, uh, her friend RuPaul was trying to get her uh, to be her a, start. Uh, a judge uh, on season one. And her radio contract would not allow her to do that. Um, it, she had a, a contract with CBS Radio. Uh, and her boss said no. She thinks it's a little bit because you know, uh, RPDR was um, you know very was an LGBTQ yeah. you know, uh, program, and so um, finally she kept working it. Um, according to the Wikipedia, says she talked to her friend Leah Remini, and mm-hmm. Leah was like, "You need to go to the higher ups in CBS." So she did that, and. Um, she got the okay to be a permanent judge on season, you know, to be on cast on season three of RuPaul's Drag Race. But uh, she was a guest judge in season two, right? Mm-hmm. A couple yeah. times, I think. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, 2011 is really kind of what, like, elevated, like yeah. a steady paycheck, right? Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I guess she had a steady paycheck with all this morning DJ stuff. But, I mean, she's been on that show since uh, season three, yes. 2011. Mm-hmm. We're in 2022. 
Um, that show now has she's an executive producer on that show oh. credit uh, that show has she's has got what won. you're packing she's yeah. on RuPaul's podcast still talking about these things I mean she got everything it's an Emmy award winning show with yeah. a million plus uh, you know uh, viewers right she's, so. she's an Emmy award winner by proxy yeah well she's because <laughs> she's an executive producer yeah, on the show she she, yeah. she has a trophy mm-hmm. right uh, but she yeah she replaced uh, Merle Ginsburg uh, in season three and you know it was I was listening to an interview uh, when they were like well you came in in season three and that things really changed and you know she was like yeah well but the season I feel like Drag Race season three season four and five like that's when it really oh yeah that's when I put it on the map absolutely but that season three like because Spence and I were looking at uh, old clips and. I mean the the production quality changes yeah, from yes. two to three pretty mm. significantly. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, she was part of part of that big big shift. Uh, she's been, as you noted, on on all the seasons of All Stars. Uh, judge. She's been a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race UK, RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under, which is what Australia, New Zealand, uh, Australia, New Zealand, yeah. So um, again, as I noticed, she's a produced. She's got gets producer credit now, um, and so she's she's found. You went from this adopted, insecure wow. girl to now like you know to hustling in New York City, hustling through ball hard, culture, like being there a, are two bands, like bands, like. But that hustle in New York City to be like, yeah, I'm going to show up, like, be this one white girl who doesn't yeah. fit in, and uh, in this black and Afro LGBT, you know, queer community, and try to like vogue. Not just like it's not like one thing to like I'm going to write comedy sticks that well, yeah. okay maybe you get, get like involved. I'm going to go dance, mm-hmm. <laughs> like try to she strut. Didn't have to lie. Yeah, but uh, like any good um, reality TV star, because uh, she uh, she did have to lie, right? She has hustled. I just realized what he was saying. And I was like, what? what? She, has, <laughs> she has continued to hustle. I, I always admire the uh, reality TV stars who just kind of keep it going. Yeah, like they yeah. do the circuit, like. And she has. She's done Celebrity Big Brother, uh, which she was on uh, Celebrity Big Brother UK, uh, which she started along with Paris Hilton, Callum Best, and Kate. Katie Price, if those names ring a bell to you. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a judge on Ireland's Got Talent for two seasons. She was on um, Strictly Come Dancing, which is uh, the UK's version of Dancing with the Stars. So, I mean, she's wow. she's done the circuit, right? And that was, I, I always admired, like, the who is the um, uh, Flavor of Flav uh, uh, woman? Tiffany New York be. Pollard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was on that, and she got her own show, and then mm. it was like, celebrity, get me out of here. And then it was like, I, you know, whatever, uh, the rehab stuff. like, And they just kept going, and I'm like, you know what? Good for you. For so her. She's done it in a more classy, elevated way, right? She's done the, the higher class, right? <laughs> celebrity Big Brother, which you can argue about that. But the, you do Dancing mm. with the Stars or that, you know. That's pretty, yeah. And this, like, that's that's classy, right? Yeah. Um, which Shangela is going to be on Dancing with the Stars? I know. Do you know that? The, yeah. Yes, the, the first Shangela, Shangela, Shangela is going to be on Dancing with the Stars, which is, I think, really I can, exciting. I that's amazing. Very far. Oh, absolutely. She is a dancer. Why? Well, that's what She's saying, from but, but uh, House of Edwards, so they're all dancers. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. She, can, I think, she's gonna do well. Did you praising God for that? That was yes, I God. Do, I do. Let me. Let me <laughs> uh, so, but she's also been on the stage. She starred as Miss Hedge, and everybody's talking about Jamie. Um, she's uh, had the the podcast with RuPaul. RuPaul, what's the tea with Michelle with Michelle Visage? They won a Webby. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Maybe we're gonna get one one day. Maybe. 
We're gonna um, we're gonna get there. She's written a book so that was released in 2015, The Diva Rules: Ditch the Drama, Find Your Strength, and Sparkle Your Way to the Top. Yes, slay. Talks about living life to the fullest and finding success no matter what your de- what hand you're dealt with. Lessons: Keep your shit together, give good face, and be thankful you're a misfit. And 22 other invaluable life lessons. I love her. <laughs> but those seem pretty on brand for her. I mean, those, oh, absolutely. I mean, that, that's her. I mean, just. Yes. Be hardcore. It's Michelle Visage. What's her connection to our community? Well, uh, she has noted that she's slept with women. Hmm, I did not know that. But despite you know it being Bisexual, it awareness, bisexual week, awareness Week, uh, she does not identify as bisexual. <clears throat> she says, well, she's like, she never saw a big deal like sleeping with women, but she's like, I don't want to have a relationship with them. Like, that's not my cup of tea. I like, I like the fact that she says it because it just goes and shows that like, you can Gender do is it fluid. and experience mm-hmm. and our experiment or, or just have an experience see it and what it is and hey I'm still going to identify mm-hmm. as this I did that gender that make and me your sexual attraction is so fluid exactly it. her point her. is like I don't want to take away from anything take oh, take anything away that. from somebody who's truly living a bisexual lifestyle oh. work work honestly. honestly we need to be that's a big slay <laughs> Okay. I need to stop saying that I, unironically. So also, yes, she slept with women, but she doesn't identify as bisexual. But her style may be connect. You know, that's a like style. She got fashion. Um, she's a talker that delivers with passion and, and laughter. Right? She's well. She did have these large, huge, ginormous breasts, mm-hmm. which she removed in 2019 because of uh, Hashimoto disease that she has, which is a thyroid mm-hmm. issue. Um, exaggerated lip liner, the blown hair, uh, blown out hair, the sparkly nails, charisma, unique nerve and talent. Um, yeah. She was she, coming as a drag queen, y'all. She, she was. was. She, she was serving. Serious. She's she like, mm-hmm. when I put on my makeup, she's a my drag. I feel like I can take on the world, which every other drag queen says, right? Uh huh. Um, but again, she's got a strong affinity to the community. She's got lots of people in the uh, lot. She she's known, befriended, and lost sadly lots of people in the LGBTQ mm-hmm. community. Um, you know, again, she was coming up in in, in our and community ball in the time culture, of yeah. ball culture in a time of AIDS. Again, as time of heavy drug use. Uh, sex workers were just indiscriminately murdered by you know, yeah. the people. Like no one cared. Like you know, we've talked about Marsha P, right? And it's just kind of like, well, mm-hmm. she, she's dead now. Murder. Yeah. yeah, sorry. Um, and she's just realized that you know, kids like the kids that are growing up. She's watching. She's like, these folks need to be taken care of. But uh, there is some pushback, right? So I say all this. She's on RuPaul's Drag Race, like all all the fame. She's grew up in the culture. She's besties with you know with the most famous drag queen mm-hmm. in the world. But people still push back on her, uh, much like Jamila Jamil. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> she says she uses the word you know she uses the word we when describing the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, her her uh, castmate on uh, ce- um, Celebrity Big Brother Perez Hilton, who we've talked about on the show, mm-hmm. uh, says as a member of the LGBTQ community you do not represent me uh but she's like look i know how hard this community has struggled and to get where we are today so um now is not the time for you to start saying you can't sit with us which you know you gotta take that comment Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's yeah okay so i understand where he's coming from but at the same time i uh that irritates me a little bit because uh i mean she Perez hilton well, yeah, first of all, he is uh, already controversial in his own way, as you <coughs> guys have already talked about. about. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so uh, that irritates me. But second of all, um, 
She literally experienced yeah, gay culture from the inside that's out. It, it's, she's, it's not like just anybody saying it. It's, uh-huh. She actually has a leg to stand on. She, she is, was a part of a she house. Is a she, uh-huh. is, she, she is does, a we. She is a we. She has earned that we. Yes. And like while she may not identify with uh, with our community, I would say she is in some way more queer than other people would say. Yeah, I think she could be queer. I, like, I, I think from a sexuality or gender identity standpoint, she may not be part of that officially but uh-huh. she she identifies as part of the community i mean she considers yeah. like all not all she has a lot of gay queer lgbtq plus friends she's known them not just like huh you do yeah. my hair and makeup like she's she's gone yeah, above and beyond to be like hey you are my brother and sister right. like you are not just someone who uh like i carry yeah. around to the bars in my purse it's like uh you are i am with you not you are with me. You know, she is not asserting any heteronormative values or heteronormativity <clears throat> on these people. She is instead saying, uh, let me be a part of your culture and let me raise your culture up to a, a different standard, you know? Uh, and she, like, I consider the 80s and 90s something that's like, a, hey, do you recognize this as like a major pivotal point in gay rights and existing and all that stuff? And the fact that she was literally. In New York City, in ball culture, the the communities that were so affected by HIV, AIDS, sex workers dying and being murdered. Like, I mean, she saw her friends and people that she considered literal family as part of these houses being picked up by the, these the the illnesses and the side effects from uh, drug use and and whatnot. So. She experienced being a gay person in the community without ever being a gay person. Right and. She saw her her quote family being picked off. So I would consider being being a part of that and being so much of an ally at that point that you are able to use the we. <laughs> you know, I agree. And she says, "Look, I was never told that I, c- I couldn't walk for autism because I was not autistic, or I couldn't fight for the rights of animals because Ooh. I'm not an animal." So mm. you know, oh, I like that. That's, she didn't tell nice it to him thing. at the time, but Perez Hilton. She's saying, shove it up here. Mm-hmm. And he might like it. So He might, yeah, honestly. Um, but, uh, but yeah. We're going to get uh, sued by Bruce again for, like, uh, like uh, whatever. It's just that, interesting, though. Like, the, the, like I, at first, I, I did the little uh, sleuthing on Michelle Visage and Jamila Jamil um, by accident. You were talking about Jamila Jamil, and I'm like, I don't know her. So I, mm-hmm. as you were talking, uh, I researched. But Michelle Visage comes up. I came up, I guess, because I, she was in my search thing. So, of course, the Google algorithm, like, okay. algorithm was like, oh, these yeah. two. So I was just surprised that she came at, uh, you know, Jamila Jamil. Jamil. Like, that was a, you know, I'm like, yeah. you pride yourself. And be like, I grew up in the ball culture. Like, I was a white girl who did that. And mm-hmm. uh, here you are coming and attacking a person of color. Yeah. Who's a woman who identifies as queer. Uh, I, like, I thought that was an interesting play. Yeah. But it, whatever. Um, RuPaul, See, okay. okay. Oh, no, I shouldn't talk about this. Oh, I'm going to do, do it. Do the thing. <laughs> I had wine. So, um... <laughs> Uh, it also begs a question because I know that that racism occurs on all sorts of different levels beyond just whiteness, um, and so it also begs a question: Do people in ball culture just be, just accept Jamila Jamil because she is a person of color? She is not black or um, Latino or Latinx, uh, and so it, it begs the question: It's like okay. Um, do black and Latinos say, okay, she's Indian, it's not person of color, it's part of bald culture? Because Indian was not 
part of that historically part time. of ball yeah, culture exactly. and so just because i think that's maybe a criticism as well from coming from you know new york city ball culture because saying you guys are just kind of lumping a person of color as part of a person of color but she is not a black and latinx person she is uh, indian who was not part of ball culture you know what i'm saying so mm-hmm. you say like oh person of color you know she should be kind of part of, a part of that but mm-hmm. i think I, that's the idea is like oh well it's ball culture is not including indian you know yeah you know what i'm saying that's where so yeah that's what i wanted to throw that out <laughs> so that i don't know throws a kind of a wrench in uh, yeah i don't know it just i think it's interesting like oh again a, a white woman yeah yeah to be like hey i'm gonna dive into this yeah you know thing but again I mean, she's Michelle got some Visage has more take on ball culture having being been a part of it a literal house but she was she was an outsider that yeah. was accepted yeah, yeah that's the difference so that's why i'm like you were an outsider that got accepted you weren't just be like hey and if you would have been trying to like i don't know it's just like, it's just interesting yeah because like, it, it was an interesting take from her but uh, but yeah, we again we know her. I think she's come to icon status within the not, I don't say icon celebrated status within yeah, the LGBTQ I, community. I consider um, an icon. I, 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 I icon. look again. I I am mindful that we have plenty like because of this podcast. There are plenty plenty uh, of people okay, in history yeah, we that, that we are like you're right, those you're right. are iconic folks within the community. There are people that we celebrate uh, and within our community because they've been strong allies to support uh-huh. us. And I think right, really right. what kind of elevated her to that was again her her experience on RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean she's got that tell it like it is um, a, mm-hmm. uh, approach as a judge. Yes, sure. Um, she's been accused of being very harsh and has been told, "Hey, that hurts more than you think it does." Uh-huh. But she says, "Look, I'm you know I'm, I'm Mama Bear, not her words, mine." But she's what she has said is, "My intentions are never ill, and there's always yeah. they're always pure." And, and her, her words are, "If we were all Paula Abdul, referencing Paula from American <laughs> Idol, for those that are too young to remember that, you'd get bored really quickly." Um, yeah. And so, oh, well, I just love everyone. Yeah. He's addicted to Hollywood. No, girl. They were awful, <laughs> but uh, but you know she's got some iconic lines. What are your favorite Michelle oh, lines from? RuPaul's My favorite English? is the the and I already quoted it earlier. Was that no, no? <laughs> Just I mean it. I mean there's plenty of other ones that she does. Where but are like, the jokes? Where yeah? Where are the jokes? Don't wear green. I, I was gonna say green. I love. Mm, I love when knowing that she hates green, yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, she's been on RuPaul's Drag Race, as we noted, for uh, it's over 10 years. Um, when recently asked, or as she's been asked rather several times in her career since she's been on there, what are your favorite one-way looks? She says, anything RuPaul wears. Oh, she's like, gosh. I know it sounds like a suck-up, but she's like, RuPaul just always stuns every time. Um, and she's asked, what are the bad looks? She's, she says she doesn't have one specific. She's like, <laughs> I have plenty. But uh, she said, look, here's what it boils down to it starts with the shoes like if you had you know bad shoes she's like that's she gonna ruin it. she's shoes. very she's like, critical she she, she is the like one a, to be like like a chunky heel the kitten heel she the knows, chunky heels the and chunky or heel. the heel that doesn't match she's always like mm-hmm. that she clocks the heels yeah. way faster than i ever do yeah. she's like the shoes can ruin the entire outfit she's like you can she's have not, the best top but you put that awful clunky she's like the queen's like a chunky heel she's like they get comfortable with it she's like no she's like how can you look that glam and then put that shoe on there Mm -hmm. so she's like the shoes can ruin the entire outfit uh asked about her favorite reveals um you know she said we'd never seen a rock i was gonna say roxy andrews (laughs) she also 
Uh, she's like, that would never, because everyone, the, the interviewer was like, like that look was between her and RuPaul. They're like, she's like, look, even RuPaul had never, RuPaul has like, she said, create a drag again. She's very much, I think, grateful to her friend RuPaul. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, but she's like, never seen that, which is interesting. Like, I saw the reaction, but for to actually hear that, like, her and RuPaul haven't been part of that community, that drag community for so mm. long. Having never seen Roxy Andrews, what Roxy Andrews is a drag queen on season five, uh, was doing, had just revealed heartbreaking news that she was abandoned at a bus stop by her mom. When I was three. <laughs> yeah. And uh, <laughs> then comes out, has to lip sync for her life. And then she does this iconic, like... Taking off her wig, uh, and suddenly there's another wig that she whips because she she does whip your hair. They're doing whip your hair as a lipstick song. And so they've never seen that. Now it happens all the time, it feels like. But yeah, she took her wig and had another wig off. So I do have to say that I feel like at the time, drag was in a weird situation because it was either you were very Mm pageant-y, like... That was and pageants were huge, big big pageants were huge. So pageant queens would probably take up a lot of drag stuff. It was either that ready to wear drag, which is like you went to the mall, went to Forever H and M, H and M Forever Twenty One. There we go. What you um, looking at me for? I don't know. I don't know stores. Uh, and so <laughs> Forever Forty One. <laughs> oh, is that what that looks like? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, but, and then we also had, you know, your comedy queens that were just dressed like ridiculous clowns and whatnot. We didn't really, the, the, um, more subversive, like, here's my crazy dance moves and here's my, uh, you know, slapstick, uh, you know, Jimbo's giant tits and stuff like that. That that is not something that was just like, uh, the most situated. Those are more alternative styles of drag that were more underground and whatnot, especially at this time as drag was becoming more famous. Uh, And so doing a wig reveal like that, I could believe that RuPaul had not seen something like that because she'd been around so many pageant queens and queens of like comedy and ridiculousness. And if she was seeing a reveal, it was like, oh, that queen lost her wig. That's so funny. Like it was not meant to be like a – because Roxy Andrew was a pageant queen Uh and she did that and still looked glamorous while she did it. So I could actually absolutely believe that RuPaul had never seen something like that in her, what, 20 years at that point of drag. So – Believable to me. Her other uh, favorite reveal was Brooklyn Heights uh, oh, when she yes. was wearing that afro, and she said she took it off and then, like, basically took off her whole, like, cape and mm-hmm. outfit. Well, she did the, like, the cape and, and then a, took off the afro with And then it. a turn, and mm-hmm. then she had a blonde wig under that. So uh, she said that's her favorite uh, um, reveal of all time. Um, favorite lip sync, she says too many. Favorite moment, season three, when she was cast as a permanent judge on that that's corny michelle visage internationally renowned television i note television not tv because on her website she says television and if you ever watch the show schitt's creek the moira rose has a a, a point she's like (laughs) maybe it's televisions moira rose and not tv and then she goes back and forth and like oh tv let's put tv on the side and she's like i think television would be more refined so (laughs) just to see that on on uh on Michelle Visage's uh, um, website, I think it's fun. That Internationally fun. renowned television personality, television. radio show host, platinum selling recording artist, and author. Her career spanned world tours with musical groups, 
part seduction, most notably. Uh, she's hosted oil wrestling uh, at a strip club. She's uh, had her own radio show. She's a judge on the Emmy award-winning show. Has her own Emmy as a producer on the RuPaul's Drag Race show, um, which celebrates drag culture, which she grew up in. She's earned fans across the globe she's, for being this strong-willed, strong opinionated woman uh, and a very much a, a decades-long ally to the uh, LGBTQ community. Not just being on the show, but really fighting for our rights. You see right? her on Twitter, too. Yeah. I mean, she's, she's very, like, she's she'll very, retweet uh-huh. people who are, like, trying to get top surgery and she'll retweet people, like, trying to find a home because yeah. I got kicked out. And, like, mm-hmm. she's very, like, yeah. where are my babies? Let me find them. She's, she's mother to how yeah. many people? Yeah. That's, and that's the role she's taken. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Mother, that, that nurture that person. House of Assad. Yeah. <laughs> and she does. She, on her website, she has House of Assad. Oh, did like she? A, yeah. Actually, that, that from, I like, I'm like, I won't mention that, but yes, House oh, of Assad. How cute. I love that. Madonna, uh, uh, Beyonce didn't mention that one. No, but she didn't. Well, she's white, so. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, all the while she's got a husband and two kids, um, managing Hashimoto's disease, but uh, she says, no, I don't live my life regretting it. My word, anything. So good kudos to Michelle Visage, a strong ally to us. Yes. We're thankful for her. Um, yeah, I you know, you appreciate someone who's got a, a good platform and that is leveraging that to advance uh, others uh, and lift others up, and she's doing that. So um, a celebrated uh, ally to the LGBTQ plus community, Michelle Visage. Golf club. That was a great streak. Oh, yes. Iconic. Well, see, that is her slowly easing into... After quarantine, yeah, when she couldn't get her hair tied. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that's why. So she's slowly easing to go to gray hair. Like, she's going full gray. My mom is thinking about doing the same. I'm like, go for it, girl. Just do it. Do it. I'm about it. Go for it. Trust me. Just go. Go with it. Just let it go. Just go. See, guys get to be like that, oh, I'm salt and pepper daddy. But women are like, I'm seeing this old now. Like, no, baby. Own it. Do it. Blow it out like Michelle Visage. Let's see it. I'd love to see it. Well, that's so funny that our topics uh, coincided uh, like that. It's like it's we fun. planned it or something. Oh, my God. Oh, it's almost like we talked before this. <laughs> like we have a producer on the show. Yeah, it's so crazy. Who does that? <laughs> well, don't forget to subscribe so you can hear future episodes. You can visit our website at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Let's Talk About Gay Stuff and on Twitter at Talk Gay Stuff. Why do you want to do that? Because we give you a daily dose of LGBTQ plus history. Yeah, and why the hell not? Right? Why the hell not? Why the hell not? Um, you can leave us a review also and tell us what you think. Uh, you know, recently I was looking at some charts. We were uh, in society and culture. We were up in the top 50 in Argentina. So, Oh, my God. Happy Happy Hispanic and Latin Heritage Month, Don't people in Argentina. Me. Argentina. I mean, the people in Argentina are some beautiful they Oh, they so are. Let me tell you about the people I follow on Instagram. Are Argentinian. Mm-hmm. I went to uh, <laughs> Buenos Aires, uh, Buenos Aires, uh, uh, once upon a time. And uh, yeah, yeah, all the people are beautiful. Stunning. Oh, I've seen a Vita. A looking sexy <laughs> i'm not sexualizing people oh no i'm, I'm just not. saying people are looking i celebrate I, I mean the people the culture is beautiful that's oh uh, yes oh yeah uh, that's great that's steak I, that's great malbec which is what we had tonight uh-huh. we had we had two malbecs is that where we get like, celebra- the where they cut mendoza the the region of argentina yeah yeah is that is that why you got to tell people how many bottles of wine we had they cut the meat off of the table no, no, that's Brazil, baby. Yeah. Oh, shit. 
Chudas well, like that. Well, now you ruined it. Now they're not going to listen to us anymore. Well, Argentina needs to come forward. Brazil, they have show come up. For me. Oh. Oh. Hey, oh. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> if you don't want to send us comments on the socials, you can um, you can DM us or drop us a line. Uh, not at, Dusty. Uh, let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. <laughs> Let's talk about gay stuff at gmail.com. All right. Uh, special thanks to uh, my husband. Um, sorry. I know he's my husband. He's taken. Uh, the the guy who keeps our sound in check and gets these episodes out every week, Spencer. You can find Spencer with Chris where? On our spoopy podcast, we like to be very silly uh, on uh, that podcast. We like to spend a lot of time. We sp- probably spend more time joking about stupid shit than we do talking about actual topics. But if you want to listen to two gay men talk about our lives and stupidity and scary stuff whenever we get there, uh, that's our spoopy podcast.com, our spoopy podcast on uh, Instagram, our spoop on Twitter. No, sure. Sp- no, Spoopy on Twitter and our Spoop on Facebook. Uh, you can also send us an email at our... Ah! <laughs> uh, send us an email at our spoopy podcast at gmail.com. The dog has had none of it. It's spoopy no. season. These we gays. That's why spoopy. they're so spoopy outside. All right. With that, we're here. We're queer. Get used to it.